0: Welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today, and really happy to be joined today with two um, of the top leaders in DEI uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion in uh, meetings and tourism in general uh, Greg Shields, Executive Director for Tourism Diversity Matters, as well as uh, Sheila Alexander Reed, who is the Executive Director of Diversity. Uh, for the Philadelphia CVB. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Greg and Sheila. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And before we kind of get into some of the issues of the day uh, regarding DEI, and especially, I would say, in the meetings industry, um, Greg, I mean, you're working on your big um, annual uh, Tourism Diversity Matters Conference, the Collective Experience, uh, which is happening October 23rd um, to 24th in Philadelphia, where uh, Sheila is based. Um, I'm actually on uh, helping uh, with some of the uh, speaker committee assignments and pitching in there. Um, Greg, why don't you tell us uh, about this conference and uh, why people should consider it? Paid?
1: Sure, and I would certainly say for those who are interested in learning some of the best practices, strategies, and tactics around diversity, equity, and inclusion, Participating and attending in the collective experience will be, without any doubt, a good use of a solid 24 hours. You know, the particular conference, you know, that we're referencing has a a unique start. And in all fairness, I do a big shout out uh, to Ed McNeil from Lodging Magazine because he was a trailblazer back in 2012 who thought it would be really important to bring leaders, you know, corporate decision makers in the industry together to talk about issues of talent acquisition and talent development. And for about three years, Ed produced a fantastic conference that later became affiliated with Temple University School of Sport, Tourism and Hospitality Management, who actually then acquired the conference and produced it two years in Philly. And then, of course, there became an affiliation with the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau that produced the conference successfully here in Philadelphia. And it continued to evolve, but resonated with corporate leaders to engage in very provocative, very action-oriented, very thought-oriented dialogues around a variety of the different dimensions of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how they could take that engagement with leaders back for just a short 24 hours to begin to make a difference in their organizations. Over the years, we've added some great enhancements to it. There is an academic think tank component that will look at a lot of research associated with DEI, especially specifically in the industry. We've also been quite fortunate to provide a thought leaders track that has the ability for those who are really on the cutting edge of DEI to present some concepts to leaders in the industry. Uh, we do have an annual DEI award, and we're thrilled that we'll be able to uh, fulfill the promise of the recipient who we had scheduled in 2020. And then the following day is a series of breakout sessions, general session, CEO roundtable. But without any doubt, it's a great place for those who are very forward thinking their efforts around DEI to be connected with their contemporaries to take back strategies that they can implement in their organizations.
0: Wow! Uh, yeah, sounds great, uh, and I can't wait. I'll, I'll definitely be there, and uh, I'm going to enjoy all the content and connections and networking there. Um, and uh, you know what a great place to have the conference in Philadelphia, which has always been at the forefront of DEI and tourism and meetings. And and Greg, uh, you know you have experience there, and I think the Philadelphia CVV, I think was. And you could probably correct me, but they were probably the first major destination to get into this when they launched their Minority Advisory Council in 1987. Um, so, uh, you know, Sheila, why why is uh, Philly such a great uh, destination for this meeting? And um, and and maybe explain what the bureau is up to in regards to uh, DEI at present. Sure. Well, thanks again for having me. The um... You you
2: hit the head on the nail when you said that um, we were um, groundbreaking in this field. Um, back in 1987, uh, a group of people came together and uh, formed the first uh, Multicultural Affairs Congress, also known as MAC. And this is, you gotta remember, this was during the Reagan, Ronald Reagan presidency, and they wanted to make sure that um, multicultural uh, meetings and um, um, meeting planners were included, and we're actually, um, uh, we wanted Philadelphia to make sure we were getting a, a good um, section of that market. We wanted to make sure that they that they were not being overlooked, and I think if you fast forward to PHL diversity today, you know, the, the division that I lead, and I lead proudly, you will see that, you know, I stand on the shoulders of these people, and I'm very proud of the fact that we were the first, I, and i I think that that is why it's so important that this conference be here in Philadelphia, because it's the home of so many firsts. That I call it like the birthplace of our country's activism. You know, um, uh, there's a reason why Harriet Tubman, you know, went so many hundreds of miles to get here to Philadelphia. If you think about it like that, it's because of Philadelphia's um, sort of um, activism and passion for uh, uniqueness. We have so many different cultures and communities coming together to create this unique melting pot. And the fact that Philadelphia is so welcoming. I mean, if you, I'm not sure if you are well, but we recently were awarded as a, a welcoming city. Um, and that is um, a great designation, not easily um, given. And we are really proud of that designation because It says exactly what we want people to understand about Philadelphia. Um, Everyone is welcome. We want you to come here and feel seen, valued and heard.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, What what are some of the recent uh, undertakings of uh, your division in regards to DEI? What are some of your initiatives you're involved in now?
2: Well, I just got here five, six months ago. So all of my initiatives are in the incubator stage. But uh, I will say this, that um, my predecessor, who's, on the, uh, who's, on, who's, on, who's in this interview with me, Greg DeShields, you know, um, left some pretty big shoes to fill. And I'm ex- excited about stepping in and sort of um, you know, continuing his work. One of the things that he, he's um, done here is, is created a sort of like a pathway or a pipeline um, to placement in the tourism industry for um, students and I and a, and a he's got an apprentice program going at Tourism Diversity Matters, and I want to make sure that the internship or apprenticeship, whatever we end up calling it here, continues as well. I want to make sure that our um, when we when we talk about bringing diverse meetings and conferences here, that we always connect them with the diverse communities here, and that the community benefits from those meetings and conferences. And I don't mean just sort of um, coming and. And putting food in a bag for um, you know the people in need, but I, I really would like to create these sort of long-standing um, bonds when people come to Philadelphia, so that when they leave, they leave a lasting legacy of of support for this community. You really um, have to think about all of these different cultures, and and when I come here, I come here um, fairly new, but when I see so so many different cultures coming together, it's really impressive, but you wanna make sure that each one of them um, feels that they have a seat at the table. And when you're talking about bringing meetings and conventions to Philadelphia, you want to make sure that they're in part of the, um, the process and that they're highlighted when people come to town. So we're working on a diversity tour program. We're working on, as I said, the uh, intern apprentice program, we're working on various ways to highlight um, Black owned businesses and Hispanic owned businesses, Asian owned businesses. And we also want to make sure that we're highlighting um, the indigenous community here at Philadelphia. So we've got a lot in the pipeline, but all of it is to make sure that we're talking about um, the culture, the community, the causes, all that influence conventions and meetings coming to Philadelphia. So we want to make sure that it's, 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 happening on the front end and also is benefiting on the back end.
0: Mm-hmm. And Greg, why don't you explain more about the, uh, you know, in turn, uh, apprenticeship sort of programs that are happening. I've, I've been uh, hearing about these in various organizations <laughs> um, and other big city bureaus too. So, um, you know, maybe uh, explain to the listeners uh, what that's all about.
1: Sure. And, you know, the apprentice program, Began in Philadelphia. You know, it's interesting that Philadelphia is a city of first in so many ways. But many years ago, the apprentice program was kind of an extension of many successful internships. But it went further always because it allowed individuals to master skills, you know, that they weren't just doing absor- work that was observing the actual work that an organization would do, but they would actually carry the function out. And at the completion of that apprentice program, they feel somewhat, if not credentialed, at least educated enough in order to step into a role and actually begin um, their career um, it moved from Philadelphia to SearchWide Global. Uh, our president, Mike Gamble, uh, saw that it was certainly aligned with an organization that focused on executive search. And then later, it was partnered with Destinations International to help build a path for many young people to go into destination management. And then, of course, uh, during the summer of 2020, it became a part of Tourism Diversity Matters as a pathway for those diverse candidates who may not necessarily see how they can transition from some of the mid-management roles to Mm -hmm. other senior levels. So we've had a number of partners. Uh, Individuals will spend time getting professional development experience in certain roles, whether they be in marketing, uh, in sales and operations. And working with a rotation of partners, they have a, a myriad of points of view while still learning the hands-on um, role in order to be successful. And, you know, we've been fortunate. We have uh, three in Boston. Uh, we just recently wrapped up one in Houston, uh, one in Chicago, uh, one in Washington. Uh, soon we'll have 10 in Los Angeles. So we're excited about the apprentice program, but it has certainly become a very attractive option for a number of individuals who are trying to find their way to move up in their career in the tourism industry.
0: Yeah, and of course, the industry just has a big challenge in general with its talent pipeline uh, since the pandemic and uh, really explaining to, uh, I guess, especially young people, um, you know, how great a career it is to be in the tourism and hospitality industry.
1: But you know, Tyler, the one thing that I would just add to that, you know, although we we think of, you know, these type of programs apply to young people who are coming out of um, academic institutions who want to embark upon their career, there are some incredibly hardworking, talented people who are already working in organizations (laughs) as supervisors or managers. And this is a great way for a company to offer that person to go in that professional development track while doing their job in the company they work for to take them to the next level. And to me, that's amongst the most exciting thing that is a part of the apprentice program, because those hardworking people who are in the industry who want to find a vehicle to go to the next step, you know, it's a win for their employers and a win for the candidate. It certainly is a win for our industry. So it's not just those who are new, it's also those who are in it who want to get to a next step.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I uh, appreciate you bringing that up. And, and I would say, I've even talked with other people And even the older people, you know, let's not forget them. Um, It seems like sometimes our society is so youth obsessed um, that it's sometimes you overlook that there's maybe people mid-career or later in their career that really have a lot to contribute, a lot to advance in their own career that maybe uh, they don't get a, you know, a fair look sometimes. Absolutely. Um, Greg,
2: right. just as an aside, I would love yeah. to be able to add Philadelphia to the city of of the program. So let's let's work together to make that happen.
0: Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and oh, and another thing, one thing that's always or lately has been interesting to me um, is uh, supplier and vendor diversity. I've been hearing a lot of leaders in the DEI area talk about that, like when you bring a big convention to town to make sure that um, you know, under, typically underrepresented uh, communities are, are represented as suppliers and vendors or even activities and tours access um, communities they may not have traditionally to kind of share in that economic pie um, that comes to any city when a big convention comes in.
1: You know, Tyler, you bring up a really good point and the role of supplier diversity and how it is really, I think, one of the bedrocks of diversity, equity, and inclusion in our industry is how do you distribute that economic um, value of our meetings and our conventions? And while we know the industry is committed to it, you know, at the end of the day, as we think of how we look at these terrific destinations, they all have these really incredible assets of businesses and getting those businesses involved are, you know, amongst the top priority for meeting planners to ensure that they really, Done their due diligence, whether it's working with the ethnic chamber or the Department of Commerce or the Office of Economic Opportunity or, you know, whatever organization that really represents the commerce of that community to, you know, have a pretty vibrant database and you know set some performance metrics for groups when they go into a city of how much money they want to see distribute to those diverse communities. So I I know as an industry we have to be intentional and without any doubt. Um, you know, move forward to ensure that we create that opportunity of economic inclusion, but I would also say that we as an industry have to help educate those businesses, how they become engaged with a meeting or a convention because, you know, a group can come out three or four years before their convention comes to town right so it's not necessarily that I need to wait until you know 2030 before I start to see economic impact. Maybe that group has regional meetings or mm-hmm. you know some kind of local meeting that I can begin to get some early access, but it's also educating those businesses how to do business in our industry and um, have more of a benefit than just wait for the day that the visitor arrives.
0: And and, and I've always been sort of uh, fascinated about how the, the event service professionals role works into this, Uh, you know, the traditional, I guess, convention services manager at any CBB or convention facility, um, how they can really get knowledge in that area of uh, of supplier diversity and facilitate um, connections between the planning organization and people on the ground. And I'm sure in Philadelphia, especially, that's uh, probably a well-developed effort
1: well, you know, for many years, the alignment, and Sheila will certainly know, as it still is today, you know, that convention services team, they really delivered a promise, you know, when they're here and they're asking, like, where's the restaurant, where do I go get my nails done, and where can I go for church service, and where do I get a limousine, you know, the convention services people are the boots on the ground, you know, they're really going to know who to go to, where to go, what street you go to get to it. And I think you know, building strong level of education amongst convention services individuals, certainly um, building relationships between the businesses and those individuals themselves will allow for them to be uh, filled with that much more knowledge trust that they can guide into engaging diverse businesses when groups arrive into a destination.
2: You said it perfectly, we are here to connect Uh, you with local community resources of all kinds. It could be transportation, it could be restaurants, it could be venues. A lot of people come early looking for venues for events. It could be a connection to the local chambers. Um, Philadelphia, I don't know if it's unique, but I was impressed by the fact that the uh, Independent Business Alliance, which is LGBTQ Chamber, the Hispanic Chamber, the African-American Chamber, and the Asian uh, Chamber of Commerce are all um, come together, uh, something called like a diversity caucus, and they, and so if you're reaching out to a particular type of business, or if you want to make sure that you're reaching a, um, a particular community, we can connect you to these chambers and the caucus, so it's really um, a one-stop shop, and we're really proud of the fact that you do it very well.
0: Um, and I know this is, you know, such a huge effort, and and one, I mean, I'll be covering for probably the rest of my career, it's because it's such a a big issue, but what is kind of the current state of DEI in the industry? And what are some of the major challenges right now? And what do you see in the future um, that we really should be dedicating our time and resources to in, of course, in the areas of DEI? Is that
2: Greg or Sheila?
1: Sheila, you go first. <laughs> <laughs>
2: sure. Well, I'll tell you, um, it's so funny you ask that because, you know, this conference that's coming in in October could not come at a better time. You know, we're finding uh, um, that um, just the, the, the letters and the words diversity, equity, inclusion um, are almost becoming weaponized and um, sort of um, we wanna make sure that people understand the strengths and the um, benefits and the bottom line that comes out of um, de- diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility and belonging. So, this these are the things that that we hope to come out of the conference. We want people to understand how to navigate through um, what could be an uncomfortable situation. We want people to understand subjects like um, looking at accessibility. I mean, people very often when you think about DEI, they overlook accessibility. So that's gonna be one of the big highlights. Things like um, uh, working in a, with multi-general workforces. These are the some of the issues of DEI. We're talking about um, things like um, looking beyond tokenism. you um, all, there's a slew. Uh, we're talking about hiring diverse professionals and diversity of beyond race, I mean, Greg made a great point when we were in a meeting the other day talking about sort of like the um, dimensions of diversity. I'll I'll toss that one to you, Greg, so you can expound
1: on that. So the dimensions of diversity is, I think, one of the most effective ways to ensure that everyone can be engaged in that conversation. There are about 19 different dimensions of diversity as you think through uh, all those communities that diversity really will touch. And most will tend to, when you talk about diversity, only think of it from race and ethnicity, but there's, you know, faith that helps define who we are by diversity. Uh, obviously, whether we're abled or disabled, age, believe it or not, is amongst some of the dimensions of diversity. Um, I think that it's important that we not limit the interpretation of it so that we don't exclude people or we only talk to just one particular community. You know, for a lot of communities, the challenge is that, they feel as though that they're not successful in diversity because they don't have a representation of a specific dimension. But there are dimensions that perhaps they had absolutely no idea uh, are part of ways of which you describe diversity that are well represented in their community. And at the end of the day, it's about creating opportunity, access, treating everyone with dignity and respect. I mean, that cuts across all of those dimensions, and that's what we're ultimately trying to achieve. And it doesn't just have to be isolated on issues of race and ethnicity.
0: Right. Yeah, that's wonderful. I, I really I need to dig deeper into that, into um, those uh, different uh, areas of that, that I, I probably uh, don't really have a realization of right now. So, um, well, thank you both for your time. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, any final words for listeners? Uh, Sheila, I guess we can start with you.
2: Uh, well, I'd say thank you for for giving us the opportunity. I, I always appreciate a, you know a moment or two to just discuss um, what, why Philadelphia is so uniquely poised to host meetings and conferences, and poised to host this particular conference coming up. Um, the collective experience, I think, is a great name because it's really what this is about: is our our collective experiences. And I think um, my parting words would just remember just remember this. Diversity is a fact, inclusion is an action, equity is a practice and belonging is a feeling. I want people to understand the difference of those words because they all all seem to come under, think diversity is all all just one thing and all of it comes under diversity. No, 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 diversity is a fact, that's a numbers game. We really want people to focus on the action of inclusion, the practice of equity and making people feel a sense of belonging.
0: And where can people find out more about your efforts at uh, PHL uh, Diversity?
2: Sure. My email is Sheila, S-H-E-I-L-A at phldiversity.com. And um, you can check out our website as well, discoverphl.com.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you, Sheila. Greg, any final words from you?
1: And then we'll find
0: out about your conference and and, uh, tourism diversity
1: matters. Sure. And let me just once again... So thank you so much, Tyler, for allowing us this opportunity to come together. I think this is the first time Sheila and I have done this type of uh, conversation. And I think we need to do this more, Sheila. This is a lot of fun. Take so. the show on the road. <laughs> but, you know, uh, one thing I would certainly want to say, because, you know, to your point in that question of where are we as it relates to diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, we've all known that this is definitely not a sprint, it is a marathon. And I've really redefined it that it's more of an evolution. And as we kind of look at the challenges that we all anticipated at some point in time would face us in this particular kind of work, it is about how we evolve it. And I think the way that Sheila was able to help to define the interpretation of those words is how we begin to grow and get better at it. I think we have to be much more resourceful for those who don't know and are looking for ways of getting information. And, you know, unfortunately, the political climate has made it even that much more of a challenge for some to maybe keep pace with the evolution of DEI. But I think as professionals, that's what we have to do. And that's why, to Sheila's point, the conference is especially important because there are a variety of needs as it relates to filling Uh, expectation and answering questions in our industry. You know, we have staff who are looking at us, we have board members who are looking at us, we have customers who are looking at us to have the answers. And this particular kind of conference will certainly set the stage and the environment for you to get the answers and I would you know, perhaps as my parting word, remind everyone that without any doubt, this is work that we will pass the baton on to someone else. And the hope is that we've evolved it in a way that that next generation that moves us forward towards diversity, equity, and inclusion will allow for us to finally begin to see a lot of the results that we've all anticipated to take place. So we'll see you in Philadelphia on October 23rd and 24th.
0: And yeah, I'll see you there and I'll probably see you there Also, Sheila, looking forward to seeing you. Yes,
2: I look forward to seeing you, meeting you in person. That's going to be awesome. I appreciate the opportunity here. Thank you so much.
0: You got it. And That was Sheila Alexander-Reed with PHL Diversity and Greg DeShields with Tourism Diversity Matters. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. Thanks for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. And If uh, you're interested in any of our other podcasts, just head on over to meetingstoday.com and uh, dig into our podcast section where you'll find a variety of uh, different podcasts from thought leaders in the industry. So thanks for joining us today. And no matter what you're up to with the rest of it, go out and make it a great one.